You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Well, while we are in the middle of this global pandemic, I've noticed that a lot of people are posting on their social media about physical fitness, and many are struggling because the gyms are closed, and many are taking this as an opportunity to kind of get back into some some form of physical fitness because they're at home and they're bored and they're trying to do something. Um, and so it's interesting. You know, about a decade ago, uh, when I when I was turning forty, and we had two, uh, we had a, ch- a child when I was forty, and another one when I turned forty-one. Um, I began to really get serious about physical fitness, and I began a, a journey that still to this day I'm on of of working out to be fit, stay fit, and my you know I've had different goals and things set through the years, and I'll share some of those uh, later on. But but uh, actually one of the goals I did set one time after I'd been really into in the gym and and I made some friends and uh, I was actually getting ready to be on staff at this gym. Uh, as a as a trainer, they 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 were uh, having me get go go through a, a certification to take classes and, and get certified as a as a fitness trainer, um, and and I'd never really it wasn't much, wasn't much of a runner, and I've never been much of a runner. I'm still not much of a runner. Running is not my thing. I like I like to lift weights. I love I love cardio, but not so much running. Um, and I've really gotten into like yoga lately, um, the stretching and the, the you know not not crazy stuff, but you know simple yoga. But anyway. Um, I was getting ready to do my very first 5K, and I've never never run a 5K before this. I've never really been a runner, um, and I had a good friend at the gym who's also one of the on, on staff. His name was Jason, and Jason was a runner. Jason loves running. Even now, um, I'll check on his Facebook page, and he'll he'll be running crazy amount of, of things. He does these hundred mile runs where you start and you run overnight and stuff. It's a hundred miles, people. So I I was like, you know, give me some pointers. This is my first 5K. He says, he said, keep your eye on the prize. I said, okay. He's like, what what I mean is, is pay attention to the the signs and pay attention to the directions. He said on he on his what his conversation. He said on my very first 5K. I was running and I decided here's a here's a young young man running along here and we were kind of had the same pace so we kind of were talking and, and as we were running along there just to kind of you know this is my first 5k and I was kind of like well I was past the time and I'm having a conversation with this when the my first thought is, how in the world are you having a conversation while you're running? Because I can, I can't run five yards, much less a five k, without you know. I can't carry on a conversation while I'm running. I'm, I can't breathe. <laughs> and uh, so Jason says, yeah. So so what happened was we actually missed the turn that we were supposed to take, and after we had run quite a ways, I I, you know, I realized we're not on the path. This this is this is not the, this is not where we're supposed to be. So we backed. And we went back and we found where we missed our turn, got on, got on the thing and finished the 5k. And, and, and Jason says, you know, my first 5k, I actually did about an 8k uh, to do this. He took his eye off the prize. And, and so his, that was his, his, uh, like his main, uh, you know, you know, words of wisdom to me was keep your eye on the prize. So what happens when you don't keep your eye on on the prize. Well, you get off track and you could you might not even finish the race. You may get you may get lost when you don't keep your eye 
on the prize. Well, welcome to week three of our series called Final Stretch, and we're all in a final stretch of some kind. We talk about this every week of how we, we are all are in, in, our, in different stages of life. We can kind of see, well, we're in a final stretch of something. Uh, you know, at least those seasons come and go. Maybe for you, it's a semester. I know that that finals are getting ready to take place, and I and uh, or, or this is this is the timing of that. And I know this is the timing of that because of our college students that are part of uh, Awaken Church in Natchitoches. I've gotten so many prayer requests <laughs> over the last week for. Pray for me, it's finals. <laughs> so I know that there's that final stretch that a lot of folks are going through. Maybe it's a job or a stage of life or a relationship or, you know, your, your teens or your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. You know, you're in, you're in the final stage of our, just, you know, something. Um, maybe you would even say, you know what, Steve, I'm at the, I'm the final stage of everything. I'm at the stage of life where I realize I'm not going to live forever. I've got, you know, I don't know how many years I've got left. I hope it's a lot more, but I realize when you get to this age, you don't have a lot of time left. Maybe you'd say that. And prayerfully, all of us are in the final stage of this global pandemic, the COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, We don't know that we are. There's so many that are that are not just hopeful but disillusioned that it's that it's practically over that that it never really happened. Um, that's a whole other idea to, to discuss and not not good for not not good sermon material for today. But but really we prayerfully you know we hope we're in the final stretch of this thing and we don't know for sure but but that's our prayer. And this is our this is our thing of, of following Jesus and and our desire to be more like Jesus is that Jesus gives the tools to keep moving forward towards your goals one step at a time. And so we want to keep Jesus the subject. And so since we do that, we're going to read uh, and look at the story of Jesus where he tells his disciples about, uh, it's a parable, a story with a meaning um, about the kingdom of heaven. And it's found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Here's a here's what's happening. Here's kind of the set the scene. Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of heaven to his disciples and, and all anyone there gathered around to, to hear him teaching. He's teaching them here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. And how, you know, as followers of Jesus, this is what it's like to to live as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So he's like, here's what the kingdom of heaven is like, and here's what it is like for you to live as citizens of the kingdom of God. So Matthew twenty five, verse 14. He says again, which means he's he's already talking about this. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver went to work, also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. 
and I've earned two more. And the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will make, I will, I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, for and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now usually when we think of that phrase, weeping and gnashing of teeth, we equate that with, you know, well, Jesus says that's what hell is going to be like. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth and here it's like it's not some you know some somebody we would say oh this is a horrible despicable wicked person this is somebody who he says you didn't invest the gift i gave you you didn't use the talent i gave you you buried it and so you were lazy and you're wicked and you will be cast into outer darkness where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, wow, it's pretty serious business we're talking about here. Here's the big idea. You will make a difference with your life when you keep your eye on the prize and make the most of the opportunities God gives you. Let me repeat that because this is the big idea. We're going to build the rest of our few minutes together uh, today on this. You will make a difference with your life when you keep your eye on the prize and make the most of every opportunity that God gives you. So a few thoughts about that. The first one is, you, when, as you're running through your final stretch, as you're running through the race of life, if you're going to finish strong, and we all want to finish strong, run towards the adventure of responsibility. Run towards the adventure of responsibility, not run from responsibility. When I think of responsibility in, in, in my life, you know, education, I had to be responsible for my own education. I had to own, when I get to the college level especially, when you're in, 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 in elementary and in, in junior high and high school, you know, your parents are somewhat responsible. I mean, I'm a parent myself. I'm very responsible, especially right now with uh, our kids that are having to stay home because they're not allowing anybody to go back to the school buildings during this global pandemic. And so we're doing a lot of school stuff at home. So I'm very responsible so but but you're responsible when you uh when you get to that level of of education where there's whether you're attending college or classes or whether you're learning on your own through reading or watching documentaries or listening to podcasts whatever it is you are responsible so you have to in order to continue to 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 grow you have to run towards the responsibility of your own education same thing with the career and actually i would say you know, to be able to have a career and to last in a career, you have to be responsible in a way that's even a, even more so than for your education. You have to you have to take another step of responsibility. You step it up a notch. Marriage is another thing. You have marriage. Re, marriage requires responsibility. You are responsible for your marriage, and that's like that's that is you know a God created God instituted. Um, probably the, the the most intimate personal relationship you could have and you're responsible for that. And then when you have kids, you're more even more responsible 
Because in a marriage, you know, you're responsible for yourself and the other person in the marriage, but the other person can still do a lot of things for themselves. When you have children, when they're newborns especially, there's a lot of things they can't do for themselves, and you are responsible for that. And a lot of folks want to shirk the responsibility. Well, I will give the responsibility of making sure my, my kids are well-fed and, and, and are clothed and, and, and are warm when they need to be warm and, and cool when they need to be cool. But but other things like you know spiritual development, I'm not going to be responsible for that. You know other th- you know th- those kind of things, and we are responsible for that because life is an adventure of responsibility. Now, do you see responsibility as an adventure, or do you see responsibility as a nuisance? Which is it for you? In this parable that Jesus tells, the servants didn't own what they had. What they had was was things that the master had handed over to them, and they had, but but they did have to own the responsibility for it. They were managing what the master had given to them. So the master represents God, and the servants represent us. And you've, if you've heard this parable before, I'm sure you already realize that that the, the Jesus tells this story this way: that the master represents God, and the servants represent us. So what Jesus is teaching is that whatever whatever it is that we have has been entrusted to us by God to be used for His purposes. For you know, whatever his purpose is. So how we handle responsibilities actually re- reveals our relationship with God, which is another way of saying worship. How we handle responsibilities reveals our true worship. How we handle the responsibility of money is very important. We can, you know, that's one of those things is, is how, how, you, uh, how you handle money really gives a good insight on your true worship. Jesus talks about money more than just about anything else. And whenever you mention it as a pastor, you run the risk of people flaming you and uh, and really you know throwing you under the bus because you mention it. But Jesus talks about it more than just about anything else. And he says thing, there's things in there like you know he that he includes like you can't serve both God and money. You have to love one and, and not the other. Uh, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You know, he's, Jesus teaches to honor God with your money. Uh, this is this is an important thing. So how we handle this responsibility reveals our true worship. It's the same thing with our stuff. So it's not just money, but it's also the stuff, you know, possessions that we have. And it's this is it's difficult for us. It's countercultural for us because Jesus teaches that your stuff isn't your stuff at all. Your stuff isn't your stuff at all, but it all belongs to God. Because God provided you with skills, abilities, training, opportunities, uh, strength, wisdom, knowledge. God's provided all the avenues for you to get there, to be able to earn the money, to get the stuff, or acquire the stuff. So it, so it all belongs to God. So seeing my possessions as God's makes me even more responsible for what I do with them, or at least it should. Another thing is time, and, and, and how we handle the responsibility of our time, again, reveals our true worship. And for most of us, time is more precious than money and stuff. We would rather give money to something than to give our time. We say things like, well, there's just not enough time. I don't have enough time. There's not enough time for, for this or that. And I believe that there is enough time for what's important to us. The real problem is, is that we see our time as ours, and we give God a little slice, and we say, well, this is God's time. This is my this is my spiritual time or my my this is my my church time and we give God this slice and you know what that's wrong that's a wrong uh, that's the wrong way to to approach this responsibility of how we use our time because God has given each of us the amount of time we have and He's entrusted it to us and we <coughs> excuse me we need to honor Him with how we use it how we use our time reveals our true worship and this th- and then, and it comes right down to talent too. 
your talent, like whether it's a natural talent or one of these things that that we call spiritual gifts in the church world, which whatever which whatever that is, you know your talents or your gifts, it's a it's it comes from our Creator. They, those things come from our Creator. Whatever yours is, you can develop your talents, but God is the one who entrusted that talent to you. So one thing that breaks my heart, and I, and I believe it breaks God's heart, is when we use the talent He's given us selfishly, or when we use we don't even use it at all, like we bury it, like like the third guy. The third servant in the story buried his talent. He buried that, that one bag of silver. He buried what he had, didn't use it at all. So run towards the adventure of responsibility, and Jesus will lead us to opportunities to make a difference. He, the, 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 the New Testament tells us this in a, in, a, in a letter called Ephesians. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are God's masterpiece. And the word there is poema. It's, it's the word poem. It's, 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 you, are, you are an artfully uh, created piece of work that God takes great pleasure in. And he created you a new, brand new in Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, he, he, cre- he recreated you. He is recreating you as this work of art to do the things he planned for you to do long ago. So unfortunately, we often see responsibility as a nuisance. Maybe you've heard or even said, you know what, I'm done adulting for today right? Oh, I'm done adulting for today. I know I've done that. I've said that. I've, I've posted that on my Instagram and my Twitter, but, but you know, it's, you know, what it is though is like, you know what? I'm tired and I'm tired of responsibility. And so I'm going to take a break from this. Well, the Bible says that, that God created us anew in Jesus so that, so that we can do the good things he planned for us. There should be some sense of adventure that I'm being created anew. And, and yes, it's going to be, there's just going to be, you know, you're going to get tired and there's going to be days where it's not really super fun. Not all adventure is fun, by the way. Um, but God has a purpose for my life and God has a purpose for your life. And if we could just own this, we would discover that life is an adventure of responsibility. So run towards that adventure of responsibility, and then you get to enjoy the abundance of diversity. Enjoy an abundance of diversity. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope. And it's a it's where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Um, but but when I think about that 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 abundance of diversity within our little church family, um, what I did was Typically, you know, I, I I'm in a sermon and then I have a room with some with some folks in it, and and I'll pose a question and we'll have a conversation where they will they'll you know the answers will come for the, for the questions and things and and I'm not able to do that during this time. So what I did, I just texted, I texted a whole bunch of folks that come to Awaken Church. Not everybody, and again, if you're listening to this sermon and you're part of the Awaken family, and I didn't, you know, text you and ask you what your favorite pizza was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, you know, send me send me a text today, and text me and let me know what your favorite pizza topping is. But what I, I did that I said I just texted everybody, not every, you know everybody that I could think of in the moment, and just said what's your favorite pizza. Help me with a sermon I'm working on. What's your favorite pizza topping? So Jawan Jawan says pepperoni and sausage. Sabrina says pepperoni, extra cheese, and garlic. Ariel wants pineapple and black olives. Ariana's like, well, not pineapple, but black olives uh, uh, along with uh, uh, bell peppers and spinach. Tariq said meat lovers. That's probably one of my favorite texts to ever get get a reply. You know, just just straight up meat lovers. 
That's what I like. I'm, I'm down with that. Tierra says, I want pepperoni, Italian sausage, and bacon. Amanda wants pepperoni and banana peppers. Bree, Bree's like, you know what? I just like pepperoni or cheese. Just, just, I'm not hard to please. Just give me a pepperoni or cheese. That's the same thing my son Christian says. I'll, I'll just pepperoni. And if you, don't, if you don't have pepperoni, then cheese, I guess. But, but just plain old pepperoni. Gabby says, whatever it is, it's got to be homemade. Now, Gabby's last name's Dantoni. And so there's a lot of uh, Italian reality going on here. If you're going to make a pizza, it's got to be homemade. And and she says she she really likes spinach on that on that homemade pizza, uh, along with the usual toppings. Zach said he wants pineapple on his, and I love pineapple. I just don't think it belongs on pizza. And then Lexi says bacon, chicken, and jalapenos. And I'm like, that's my pizza. I love that. I'll. I, and again, I haven't heard of pizza here I wouldn't eat. Now, I don't really like pe- pineapple on my pizza, but I will definitely eat it. And one of the things I thought was interesting was nobody said, well, you know what, Steve, I don't like pizza. <laughs> Everybody likes pizza, but there's an abundance and diversity of what we like on our pizza. How many ways can we enjoy that God made us all unique and different? Think about that. How many ways can we enjoy as human beings, that God made us all unique and different. In the story that Jesus tells, one servant is given five bags of silver, another is given two bags of silver, and a third is given one bag. They didn't all receive the same amount. There was an abundance of diversity here. It's the master who decides in the story what to entrust each servant. Out of God's great abundance of diversity, he entrusts each of us with specific and unique responsibilities. I, I don't get to look at what God gives you and say, well, that's not fair. They have, they have more talents than me. And I don't, no, I don't, and on the other side of that, I, I, I don't get to go, well, how come I have to be responsible for so much more than them? I'm glad we're not all the same. I'm glad we, we, we're not all the same in this. Life is truly an abundance of diversity, and that's what makes this all the more a great adventure. Each of us is a unique combination of personalities and talents and gifts and passions so that only we can do what we can do. I love this quote from Zig Ziglar. He said, you are the only person on earth who can use your ability. I love that. You are the only person on earth who can use your ability. And, and I would reply to that. And we need you to use it. We all need you to be you and do you and use your ability. That's why we have these abilities to for each other. So maybe you can't teach, but maybe you can pray, you know. Maybe you're maybe you're in the you know thinking about church and, and well, I can't I can't teach and preach, but maybe you can pray. Maybe you can't uh, sing up front, but maybe you can maybe you can help take care of the building or the grounds if you have that. Or maybe you can greet people at the door. Or maybe maybe right now since we don't have people greeting at doors uh right now as we as we record this um maybe you can join us on the live uh the live stream on sundays at 10 a.m and maybe you can greet people on the live stream as they join um you know no one can do everything and here's the thing we're not supposed to you're not supposed to do everything but everyone can do something and according to jesus everyone must do something you can't just bury it in the ground we all can make a difference so you have what you have because God decided to entrust you to be responsible for it. God entrusts you to be responsible for what he's given you. He doesn't expect you to do everything, but he does expect your 
expect you to honor his abundance of diversity by embracing the gift he entrusted to you. God doesn't give you a bicycle and say, fly to the moon. (laughs) No, if God gives you a bicycle, he says, ride that thing. Get on that bicycle and ride it. Use it to serve others in my name. And you know what? Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. When you manage well the gifts, the, the talents that God has given to you, this abundance of diversity that we have, and you manage what you have been uh, 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 given uh, well, it says that God's generosity can flow through you. That's beautiful. So you're in the final stretch. You run towards the adventure of responsibility. You enjoy the abundance of diversity. And I would, I would challenge you to embrace the acceptance of an opportunity. Embrace the acceptance of opportunity. Now, about a year before I decided I'm going to run this first 5K, I made a decision one morning. I, said, I, was, I was setting some goals, some personal goals for myself, some fitness goals. And at that point, I had never run a mile without stopping. I had done a mile walking many times. Actually, I've done several miles walking. I've never run a mile, not even jogged a mile. I wasn't, like I said before, I'm not a runner. I didn't run. And so in all my years of being athletic and, and being in sports and, 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 and working out and, 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 you know, and all this, I'd never run a mile without stopping. And I made it, so I'm setting a goal. And I thought, you know, here's kind of what I'll do. I kind of make a little game plan here. I'll set the goal to run a mile without stopping. So what I'll start doing this week is I'll go a mile, but I will run the first quarter of a mile and walk three quarters of a mile. And I'll do that this week when I go and work out. And then as I said, next week or, or, you know, seeing how I feel, then I'll go half a mile. I'll run a half a mile and then I'll walk a half a mile. Ooh, and I started thinking, man, running a half a mile, that's, that's a lot. And then I thought probably in, in, in three or four weeks, I'll be able to, to do three quarters of a mile and walk the last quarter of a mile. So in, in a month, maybe, maybe I'll stretch, maybe I'll think two months out, I will, be able to run a mile. I'll, I'll run a mile without stopping. And I kind of set that goal. And then I went to the gym that morning to the class that I was participating in. And the instructor there, who was the, like our, 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 our leader, our, our, you know, our, our fearless leader of the whole gym uh, thing um, named Amy, she said, today in her class, we're going to do, here's our workout. And then we're going to do a one mile time trial. And I was like, what is that? What's a, what do you mean a one-mile time trial? And she said, well, everybody in the class today, we're gonna, you're going to run a mile at the, end of, at the end of the workout. You're going to run a mile, and it's a time trial. In other words, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record your time, and we're going to do this same workout again next, next week on the same ne- – next Friday, and then the next Friday. And so we'll do it for a month, and we'll see how much better your time gets as you progress. And I thought, well, that's that's neat and everything, but I've never run a mile. And actually, I just this morning set a goal to run a mile without stopping and begin the process of reaching that goal. She says, well, why don't you just do it today? And I thought, to my in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it every every shot I got. I'm gonna give it everything I got. And I did. I ran the mile. The last and the last. I still remember the last stretch of that mile. It was an uphill piece. And you know, I was I was tired. I was breathing hard. I was sweat was pouring and flying. But you know what? I do really good on uphill. Up uphill actually I can I can get my I get going uphill. And I don't know if that's true of everybody, because again, I'm not a runner. But when I get uphill, I get 
I get going pretty good. So I finished strong on that very first day that I was running a mile. The thing was, I had to, I saw Amy at the top of that hill. She was cheering me on, and I was just like, I'm going to finish this thing. And, I, and there was, there was kind of like, I, I can't believe I'm actually going to do this. And when I got to the end, I was, I was dead. But the thing was, the very day I set the goal to run a mile without stopping, I found myself embracing the acceptance of the opportunity to do just that. What if everyone accepted the opportunity to do their part? Like right now, right here, here's what you can do. What if you just did it? Are you looking for the opportunity to finish strong? Now, in Jesus' story, the third servant, he didn't think, uh, he didn't seem to think that he could make a difference with what he had. We all have the opportunity to do something, we make excuses. Uh, you know, we, I'm not going to accept the opportunity before me because, you know, and one of the excuses could be I have nothing to do. I, I really don't have anything to do. He's got five. He's got two. I've got one. You know, that's basically nothing. I've got nothing to do. The master called his servants together. He entrusted each of them with something. You compare, you compare to this or that, and you realize, you know what? I don't really have anything. Yes, you do. If you're making this case, well, the making the case, I don't have anything. I don't have a talent. I don't have a gift. I don't have anything. I have nothing to do. That's just an excuse to not accept the opportunity. Another excuse to not accept the opportunity is that this one, I can't do as much as them. I can't do as much as them. Comparison keeps us hostage, and each one of us are given a different amount. Just like in the story, each one was given a different amount. God isn't asking you uh, if you're doing as much as someone else. Only are you doing what he's planned for you. And another excuse is God just expects too much. God expects too much. The third servant really kind of had this excuse. I know you're I know you're the master who who expects too much. And so I just buried my gift. I buried the I buried the the bag of money. I buried my talent because I know you expect too much. And Jesus says, verse 26, the master said, "You're wicked and lazy. You're wicked and you're lazy." So, Jesus says there's actually some expectations for us which is related to the acceptance of responsibility. The first thing is, the first thing Jesus expects is faithfulness. Jesus expects faithfulness. The servants entrusted with five bags and two bags of silver both doubled what their master entrusted to them. And Jesus says, you are faithful. You are faithful. Jesus also expects action. He expects action on our part. The master says there's two servants to these two servants. Uh, you took action. Well done. Well done, because you took action. I think about today, you know, a lot of people will go to church or, or tune in to church uh, on social media or on TV, but, but awaken church. We don't just want to go to church and tune in to church. We want to be the church. We want to be. We want to, we want to take action. We believe that love is a verb, and we are the love. We are the love of Jesus personified to our community, so we are the verb, and we want to be taking action, because, and Jesus expects action. And Jesus also expects risk. He expects risk. At the end of the story, the master's, he's really, he's ticked off at the last servant, in case you didn't catch that, because he didn't take a risk to invest what he'd been given. He's like, I was scared to take a risk. I buried it. Now, this doesn't mean you do something stupid. And you don't, it just doesn't mean you do things without prayer and seeking the wisdom of God. But what it does mean is to take risks is that you're going you're gonna to get uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. Go for it. 
And Jesus not, doesn't just expect us to accept the opportunity, but he gives us promises that when you when you accept the opportunities put before you, there's promises. One, po- one promise is pleasure. He promises pleasure. When the master is pleased, he shares that pleasure with his servants. We have the pleasure of hearing Jesus say, well done. He says, I'm pleased. I have pleasure. I'm going to share that pleasure with you. Well done. Well done. Another promise is honor. Because the because the, honor, the master in the story actually honors the first two servants he, by elevating them. He elevates those two ter- servants by, by sharing even greater responsibility with him. It's an honor to be given more responsibility. At, you know, at the end of your final stretch is just the beginning. The honor is, going, is, the honor is realizing something greater is on the way. The end of your final stretch is just the beginning. Something greater is on the way. Now, another promise is joy. And the master says to the faithful, fruitful servants, let's celebrate together. Another way he says, another way that's worded is, enter into my joy. Let's in, just enter into my joy. Let's celebrate together. What a great promise that Jesus makes when we accept the opportunities that he provides for us. You will make a difference with your life when you keep your eye on the prize and make the most of the opportunities God gives you. So, so what's your next step? And I believe you guys are created and creative enough to really like think. Okay, I need to. Here's what I need to do. Here's my action step for you. But, but let me just make a suggestion. Just, just, just to be, just to throw this out there as, as a possibility for you. Look at, look for a way to invest what God has entrusted to you. Whatever your gift, your talent is, whatever your your passion is, whatever, whatever it is. Realize that God gave me this, and He gave me this to invest. Number one, in God's kingdom or church. How can I use this in God's kingdom or in my church? And look for ways to do that. Pray for ways to do that. And secondly, how can I invest what God's entrusted to me in the life of someone else? Because my gifts and my talents aren't just for me to enjoy, but for me to, to you know, encourage, to, to, to inspire someone else. So look for a way to invest what God's entrusted to you in the life of someone else. Lord, help us to learn to uh, be thankful that you have given us gifts and talents and in so many different ways. You are a super creative God, and you have created us uniquely and uh, specifically, Lord, for your purposes. And you have given each of us talents and abilities and, and opportunities. And Lord, we're in, uh, in different stages, all of us, Lord, who are, who are a part of this moment here uh, of a final stretch. And whatever that is, Lord, there are so many things that, that will, will take our focus off of the goals that we have set. But Lord, you give us the tools to stay focused on those goals and to finish strong. And part of that is realizing that you've given us uh, tools, you've given us talents, you've given us abilities, not just to re- not just to achieve the goals we've set, but, Lord, to encourage and inspire others on their journey to reach their goals. So, Lord, do that in us and through us today and this week. Use us in a way that we can inspire and encourage others, Lord. And as we do so, may we finish strong and may we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church 
Or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.